It's Die Hard Week here on the Thrill Me podcast. I'm your host, Adam. My co-host, Jared. Adam. My basically other co-host, Gibbo. I'm working on it. You're working on it? Action yeah. movie specialist. <laughs> yeah, specialist, yes, in general. We've called you about horror movies and you told us Yeah, to you fuck. told us to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like three of them, but... I believe you told me that you don't listen to the other ones. No, I did. About horror? Yeah, the, no. oh, the ones I've I seen. mean, you wouldn't want to. Some of them are just fucking shit. But... I didn't listen to, uh, was it... Is it Mad Man? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. No. But you wouldn't want to watch that either. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's kind of cool because Adam's pretty angry in that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> this week, we're actually going to cover all five Die Hard films across the week and release them day by day. And obviously, we're going to start with the original and best Die Hard. But before we get into all that, let's kick off with Gibbo. What have you been watching? Since we last heard from you. Yeah. Which was uh, Total Recall, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, that was only a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah. It's, it's getting closer together, but um, uh, <clears throat> watched Ant-Man. Ant-Man was good, but it's more of the same from Marvel. So uh, that was fine. As I explained to you guys a little bit earlier on, put myself through the ordeal that is Jupiter Ascending over about seven different <laughs> viewings. And, <laughs> and I don't mean viewings of the full movie. I mean parts of Because I just couldn't. <laughs> My face was hurting with the stupidity and the just low quality. It's it's a two hour plus film. Is that correct? It felt like twenty. <laughs> it was so bad. I'd seriously be watching it for about fifteen to twenty minutes, and then I'd just be like, I can't do this. But I've got like I I can sit through anything, okay. and I have to finish a movie. But that's the most painful experience I've ever gone through. Having to like the budget they had to work with, and then churning that shit out, I. Can't explain it. Yeah. Ringing your doorbell. Oh, yeah, it won't be. It won't be for me. Oh, like, like I heard bad things. I'm like, surely it can't be that bad. But it's like it's this generation's like Waterworld. Like just <laughs> here's a lot of bunch of money. Just set it on fire with uh, stupid shit. It makes no sense oof. and it looks terrible. It's yeah. definitely not in my wheelhouse. I can tell you now. No, ste- just steer clear. Jared said he's going to watch it. <clears throat> just. Don't. No, I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> you, did you did say yeah, the, do yourself uh, a favour in the just kitchen before. Give it, give it a miss. Uh, but the other thing I've been watching uh, heaps of doing my uh, Netflix binge is Shameless. I'm not sure if you guys have watched that. Oh one. yeah, is the that William, the one with William H. Macy? Macy? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable show. Yeah. R rated, so I'm not sure how many views it's getting on Netflix, but um, it's a rip off of uh, a British show, which most good. Like uh, black comedies that America tends to do are, but man, it's a good show. Yeah, and the the acting and everything in that's really solid. What's the premise again? I've, I he's basically it. it's six kids that live together. Their dad's an alcoholic. Like oh, he's an absolute right. germ. Yep. But he plays it so well, and like all the rest of the actors in it are really solid. The writing's really good. I mean, if you've got sen- if you're a bit sensitive about things, don't watch it. There's yeah. some really sketchy premises in it. There is some disturbing stuff, but the acting in it's unbelievable. And the, the lead chick in it, um, Emmy Rossum, her name is, if she doesn't go on to bigger things, I'll be amazed because she's massively talented. Is this a drama? It's, a, it's, sort of it's a black no, it dramedy. Like a it's, it's a black a, dramedy. I think like it's Yeah. It's well, naked gun. <laughs> it takes take really gun serious stuff. issues and, and sort of makes light of them a little bit, but you're right. always still shaking your head at some of the stuff that people do in it. Right. Um, but you can have a giggle at it as well. So um, it's, it's pretty clever how they how they put it all together. But I'm interested to see the original too because if it's anything like this, it'd be worth a look. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's pretty much that's it. it. I've just been churning <laughs> through that one. I'm on season four in about a week and there's okay. 12 episodes I think or an hour per, per so excellent have to check that one out yeah <clears throat> have a look obviously I spent the last week and a bit watching Die Hard movies I also caught The Wedding Singer again right mm. how's it hold up yeah 
it's all right. Yeah, I still get a couple of laughs Steve here Bichini's and there. Steve worth a couple. Steve, Steve Bichini's funny. The curly mullet. Some of the the fashions and his mate with the mustache who, who rocks up to that party in the Michael Jackson jacket <laughs> and the glove, and then he goes, "Oh, that glove's fucking terrible," and he takes it off. Reminds you of some of your um, blue, light some of work. blue light disco days. Um, oh, blue light. But maybe it doesn't quite hold up like it used to. I used to think it was really, really good. Uh, it's kind of a little bit about not much, you know. Like it's not there's not much to it, but it's Sandler's Sandler's better in it. You know what I mean? Like he's not such a twat like yeah. he is in all these other movies. He, he definitely has some twat tendencies. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like he tends to go off and become a bit of a wanker in these mm, movies. He's always yell. an idiot character and yell, yeah. and that, he doesn't do this here. And I always tend to find that the movies he's with Drew Barrymore, he's far better. Um, ma- maybe it's something about her that. Bring something better out of him. Don't watch Blended then. I haven't seen their latest one, Blended. It was on the table last night. (laughs) (laughs) It's all so nice. I turned it down. The only other thing I've also watched is uh, a documentary on Netflix. I got on Netflix finally. Uh, It was called The Short Game, and it was about golfers who were eight and under. I thought it was another Wang Wang movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, not quite. (laughs) But it was really, really good. It was really, really interesting. And Anna Kornikova's brother is one of them. Alan Kornikova. Right. Alan. <laughs> Alan Kornikova. I kid you not. Alan, she didn't just Alan. cut her hair or something. And he's actually seemed like an all right little kid. And he was very good. He was a very good golfer. Like we're talking about kids off the drive at seven years of age, 170 yards Jesus. on the drive, mate. Are these all but kids with like... I might know, do 170, or... but it's fucking in the trees on the angle. I was going to say, that takes me six on the shots. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. Definitely one to check out. I'll have to have a look at it. Yeah. Short game. I've, I've stopped on it a couple of times and then opted for something else. Hmm. Yeah, Falcon Rising or something like that. So I might, yeah, I you stopped briefly, saw Falcon Rising, went, oh, fuck, hang on over to that. Saw oh, Falcon Rising and just dive straight in. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll have to jump on the short game. Uh, I've actually I dusted off an old gem, Demon Knight. Ah, Tales from the Crypt. Billy Zane at his Billy best. Zane. Yeah. Hang on, did he have a peak? <laughs> he had a peak, <laughs> and this was it. It was a very shallow one. Uh, uh, I still enjoyed it. I yeah, still, it still holds up pretty well. It's kind of just a fun little yarn. It's still, it's got got some of those sort of classic Tales from the Crypt kind of grotesque special effects and yeah. things like that. It's, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, I did enjoy that. I saw the gallows. Not real good. Next. Not real good. <laughs> it's, it's, got some, it's, it's got an idea that I'm on board with. I thought it was a pretty good idea, and I probably would have preferred it as just a little supernatural kind of slasher. What, with, with a camera that sat still? Yeah. Would that have made it better? Uh, the, the, the found footage kind of, kind of did it in at, at some points. Very derivative and very kind of the ending just kind of you want to punch yourself in the face after you see the <laughs> ending. But... Um, it's very predictable too, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but I, I thought the idea was good. I was on board with the idea. Is it just me, or are we waiting for one of these movies where guys running with the camera and his mate turns around and says, "Put the fucking camera down and get moving"? Yeah. Because th- this is the problem with a lot of these movies: is it's that you can't. Eventually. With the science fiction ones, you could potentially state, like in Chronicle, well, yeah, they Chronicles find a way to hold like the that, camera actually. without, they're not holding it, it's being on a helmet held on, yeah, or, or it's held in midair because they've, they've got powers. Yeah. This, these sorts of movies don't offer that. And so when the, the shit hits the fan, 
the first thing I'm fucking chucking is the camera. Yeah, well, yeah. Not only that, but I mean, the, the initial setup involves these kids breaking into a school, and you know, dickhead number one brings the camera. Was that he's filming everything, and I just and they put it on internet so you can all go to jail. Yeah, if yeah. I was the other one, I'd be saying, well, was that actually his character name? Dickhead number down. one. I can't remember the character name. That's what I refer to. Dickhead number two was also. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like, top billing. I just wish. I just wish they had taken that and and done something different with it because yeah. I thought it was a good idea. But never mind. It's, um, it's just this generation's like don't run up the stairs sort of shit for yeah. the horror movie thing though. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just nonsensical. Just put it down. Yeah. For God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually watched the new DC animated one, Justice League: Gods and Monsters. Good. Very good. Bruce Tim, who's a who's a big name with that sort of stuff, was heavily involved in the Batman animated series. It was kind of his return to DC, and it's a new. It was just a different take on the Justice League, like a, just a, as if um, an Elseworlds kind of tale, as if they were just in another. If you took the Justice League and redid all the origins and things like that, pretty good. If you like those DC animated ones, definitely worth a look. Twenty Two Jump Street, Jim. got on that finally. <clears throat> took me a while. Absolute gem. Loved it, liked the first one. Okay. And I watched a short film called, a time-travelling short film called I'm You Dickhead. <laughs> and check it out. <laughs> Ten Just minutes. the name makes me keen. <laughs> I'm You Dickhead. I believe the, uh, I, I found it through a, a podcast in Melbourne. A couple of the blokes that did a comics podcast actually did this. They're involved in some TV and stuff as well. Hmm. And they actually did a preview for a film Previously called Drawing Dicks on the Herald Sun. <laughs> about, about, a, about a bloke who seemingly just had this obsession with taking the pictures in the Herald Sun and seeing how he could fit a dick into it. <laughs> and so, like, I always liked the podcast. I liked that. So when they when I found out they did a short, I jumped straight on it. And I think um, it actually ended up on Ain't It Cool News. They watched it and recommended it too. So, yeah, 10, 10 minutes, good laugh. Check it out. And that's me. That's you covered. All right, let's take our first break, and then when we get back in, we'll cover off on the action classic, Die Hard. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? High above L.A., a team of terrorists have seized a building. Oh! They're ready for anything, except a New York cop trapped inside. Come to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Bruce Willis, Die Hard. But all things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Rated R. Now playing at theatres everywhere. Die Hard, made in 1988. Directed by John McTiernan, who did Predator, Hunt for Red October and Rollerball. The less said about that, the better. I believe we saw (laughs) it in a... Movie marathon yeah, last one. Fuck! I was desperate to get out of there. Yeah, I think we got about halfway through, and it was just we looked at each other. And I believe said, though, you the told me we don't leave. <laughs> I was kept saying we fucking leave. No, I see. Yeah. No, 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 it's a marathon. I, I can't. I'm like you both. We can't. I need to know what happens. Maybe it's something saves it. Exactly. And yeah. I thought, hey, you know, we can't be the we can't be the guys that walked out on the movie marathon. True. That's true. It's like It's produced by Joel Silver, who produced Sherlock Holmes and Lethal Weapon. Series and Lawrence Gordon, who handled Hellboy and Watchmen. Written by Stephen E. D'Souza, who who was the screenwriter on Commando and Street Fighter. Genius. <laughs> and Jeb Stewart, who was who did The Fugitive and Lock Up. And it's based on a novel no, titled Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. It stars Bruce Willis as John McClane, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. 
Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro and Reginald Vell Johnson, Sergeant Al Pal. Budget was $28 million. <clears throat> It made $140 million worldwide. And a little bit of trivia, the movie was nominated for four Academy Awards. Good on it. Mm. Gibbo, general thoughts and a score out of five. Straight off the bat, it's a five. Um, <clears throat> that might seem generous, but if you have a look at movies after this movie that are like anything even close in, in the genre, they're copies basically for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's probably been said by a lot of other people many times <laughs> as every single movie after this was Die Hard on uh, something or something similar along those lines. There's a, there's a few little holes in the movie that we'll probably talk about a bit later on, but this is, as far as I'm concerned, the best action movie ever made. <laughs> so it actually goes probably pretty close with, like Predator's not at its level, but the fact that John McTiernan did both of them... He should have just stopped there, basically. Yeah, yeah. he just wanted to go to jail. Like. Yeah, like, go and have he a thought he wanted to top win. himself by going to jail. Yeah, no. well, but you know, did someone see Rollerball? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this guy's ruining his career. Save him him from himself. Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah, easily, easily my favorite action movie of all time. Um, it's got a lot more believability than a lot of the classics. It's so well written. The cinematography is unbelievable. Um, Oh, jeez, phone crimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a top movie. Yeah, we'll probably, yeah, we'll cover some of the minor, <laughs> minor gripes later on, but. Yeah. I would agree, me. definite five out of five. I think it's the best movie. It's my favourite movie of all time. Yes. It's, it's probably the greatest. It is definitely the greatest action movie of all time. It has not, in my mind, been surpassed in 27 years, or whatever it is, between when it was first made. And I, I, I every time I watch it, I think to myself, it's it's not going to hold up. One day, one day I'm going to watch it and just go, nah, it doesn't hold up. But it continues to hold up. Yep. It, it's there's something about it. It's like something like Jaws. It transcends the year it was made, and it's just a phenomenal piece of work across the board. Everything about it is just so well done, and it it it's probably going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, well, I can't ever. I don't. I think everyone sort of has to try and up the ante with the action and stuff like. that. But this had. Really good action scenes, but also had some comedy written in there. <clears throat> just the way everything was done together is, yeah, you won't ever get it. Everyone just tries to up the ante with the action, but it doesn't come close. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on board five. Yeah. Definite, definite I thought it was going to be the Lone Ranger. That, that could that. be the first. Uh, oh. oh, no, we, we went to five on Halloween, I think. Yeah, I think we both oh, did. The first one. On Halloween. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halloween five. <laughs> <laughs> and six. <laughs> I think they got uh, two and a half combined. You know? um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's the pinnacle. It's the big daddy for for action movies, especially. I'm the same as you. Handful of handful of uh, my favourite movies. This is probably in the top top three or four at least. I personally had it sort of neck and neck with Predator because I've got a I've got a particular fondness for Predator, and I think that's a that's a top five out of five as well. But. Um, Die Hard is, yeah, it's pretty much just the pinnacle for action movies. You cannot top it. It's just, uh, as Gibbo said, everything that came after uh, took portions from it. Um, it was just just so well constructed. And I'd actually given it a couple of years. I hadn't seen the, the original in a couple of years. And going back to watch it again was just, it was just a thrill all over mm. again. So, yeah, easy five out of five. Nowhere else, to, nothing else to say there. Oh, podcast over. Yep. <coughs> Shut down. <coughs> Likes. Start the gushing. Okay. This is where we get excited. 
Well, <clears throat> I did a little bit of reading in a prep for this and obviously watched the movie again and, and sort of noticed a few different things from different points of view. I mentioned the cinematography. The the way that uh, the guy that did the, cin- the head cinematographer, I think it was Jan de Bont, yeah. um, and he wanted to do some uh, directing and stuff afterwards, but the way he framed things in this movie at the start when you get to the Christmas party, you're following people through, you get a real idea of the space, you sort of know where different things are in relation to other bits. But the, the, the one of the thoughts I heard was pretty uh, prevalent was that the, the actual building was the star of the movie, mm-hmm. not John McClane, um, or not Bruce Willis, obviously. Um, and that's pretty true when you think about it. Like everything that happens is pretty much in one movie, in one uh, building, but in different bits and different bits of the building, like the, the fire hose reel mm. or the elevator shaft or the computer rooms, mm. the glass, like everything is sort of just interwoven through different bits of the building. Yeah. And I think that works And they so kind well. of take you through them yeah. um, in sections throughout the, the movie and sort of culminating on the roof. Yeah. And it, it's a really good way of sort of showing you the location. Yeah. Without sort of going right, here's um, level here we 32. are. We're right here. Check yeah. all this out. Like doing a pan shot or something and taking it all in. Yeah. I don't have to because he's in in those in those sort of um, levels, and yeah. so the camera's following him, and you're just picking it up as you go along. And I think that's phenomenal. Like that's really great, a really great way of doing it. Yeah. In a forty-story building, so there's so much that you have to cover. But you know where everything is. You know, there's the roof. You know, there's the room that's got the big scale model. You know, there's the room with the party with the water feature and stuff like that. And yeah. when he's getting sucked out the window with the, the fire hose reel, the way they shoot that where he's actually, you're on board with him getting dragged towards the window. Mm. The first time you watch that, you asshole sentences up and you're like, yeah. Yeah. get the you bloody hose off. You kind of drop back and you see. Yeah, you lean back and it's just so, it's really visceral the way they do everything. I'll tell um, you what, uh, the other thing I noticed is you're four minutes in and you've already met McLean, Holly, Takagi, the, Argyle. The Argyle, the coke sniffer. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Ellis. 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 And, and you've got a small piece of information about all of them, yep. right? Yeah. By about 23 minutes in, terrorists have hit and it's on. So so we've already been told McLean and his wife are on the rocks. Ellis is a cocaine-snorting idiot yep. who's hitting on her. Takagi runs the joint. Gruber and Carl have just hit the building. In 20 minutes. Yep. And then it's yeah, just don't waste action any time. from then. So Speaking of that too, like, <clears throat> I, I kind of noticed that you you know straight away that um, McLean, he's not James Bond. Hmm. You know, he, he gets in. What I noticed was he doesn't fly. Like when you, the first thing is you see him a bit nervous on the plane and the bloke's talking to him about, you know, flying this and that. Then he gets into the limo and sits in the front seat hmm. and you just get these little pieces of information that just make it clear, okay, even when he's when he's the hero, you've already got this sense of he's, he's just a, a normal bloke. Yeah, nah. he's just your average guy. He doesn't know everything. Okay, he's pretty crafty and he's he's pretty um, he's flexible. He, he he works with what he's got, but he doesn't just fucking know everything. He yeah, doesn't yeah. just have a an implement that he could just sort of use for anything. He's not a guy, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like that, and that sort of goes with what you're saying. They they develop things really quickly. It's it, similar to similar to Predator. Yeah. In that way. And it's very, um, we talked about it with uh, Last Boy Scout, being able to have these sequences where we get a quick rundown on the character in maybe two minutes. Yeah. And it's really useful. The scene is actually useful for something. It's not just being wasted to have something 
stupid happen or something that's supposed to generate a laugh or whatever. Mm, yeah. And Die Hard's exactly the same the way it's written. It's Sets the stage. Setting the yeah. stage every single time we meet somebody, every sequence leads to the next one. Yeah, yeah. And, and it again, all matters you, later on you too. You get the yeah. information from um, you get the information by him doing something like sitting in the front seat of the limo, right? You've got okay, he's he's he doesn't know what the fuck's going on with a limo. You don't sit in the front seat. Yeah, he doesn't think so he's, he's got, special. Yeah, he doesn't think he's special. Then it leads to this natural dialogue because Argyle says he used to be a taxi driver. Come on, man. People expect conversation, has a bit of a chat. All of a sudden, you're getting the exposition about what's happening with him and his wife, and it's natural. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel like they're just blurting it out. Yeah. It's just well-crafted again. Yeah, really well-written. Okay, so, uh, geez, that was just a oh, spiel after And a bonus like but... on its own from the same scene, Ooh. Christmas in Hollis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas in Hollis. Jim. Absolute Jim. Uh, the other thing I think that really uh, makes this movie is the bad guy. I think Alan Rickman <laughs> plays the best sleazy, dodgy, smart, actually pretty stupid bastard yeah, ever. He's probably one of the greatest villains in action oh, movie history. History. He's threatening while not being particularly dangerous. But in film history, I reckon. Yeah. Not just action. It's, like right it's, up there. it's just one of these really great performances from somebody that I guess because he wasn't coming from Hollywood, he he'd been a stage guy. That's yep. where they found him. Yeah. And I oh know he just everything just works when as soon as he comes into the movie, it just you realise this guy's not just up against the explosions and the shootouts and everything. He's up against someone who's a bit smarter. And got an agenda, and it's all sort of spelled out. It's not spelled out to you straight away what his agenda is, though. Hmm. So I really like those kind of moments, and I think Alan Rickman. So you take Alan Rickman out, and you put in some sort of fucking thug or henchman, or you know, main henchman. That's what most action movies today have: hmm. uh, ex special forces, and you know, he's got his. Look, uh, for, for example, White House Down, Ugh. which is basically just Die Hard in the White in House. The White House. <laughs> The main guy, the main villain, is a special forces operative with a, a group of thugs behind him, yeah. and he just looks like all the other thugs. Just when we say grind, um, yeah. special forces, I think it's not Steven Seagal. Yeah, like yeah, these guys are they're so generic, and that's what I yeah. think was different about this. And piggybacking off that, his crew are memorable. Mm. Yeah, like they they've all. Got a few their of the blondes blend together a little bit. Yeah, but. a little bit. But they've all got their own thing. Even if it's just the way, um, you know, the way that the guy dies with the the ho ho ho. Yeah, that's memorable. And then that in turn, you know, you remember Carl because it's he's his, got the distinctive. You know, it's his brother. He's got the the, the long stringy hair. blonde hair. Yeah, but then yeah, it's his brother, and he's sort of you know he becomes right hand man and sort of takes on that role, and he's actually. He's actually good in it. Yeah. You know? It's not just disposable thugs. Yeah. You get this smaller sort of crew of guys and you remember them all, basically. And that gives you the motivation for why Carl does so much stupid shit when yeah. he could he could have had him done like 20 times. Yeah. Instead of shooting him in the face, he wants to beat him up because he killed his brother. Yeah. And instead of locking him in the elevator shaft, he wants to actually kill him by, you know, and it's get just, revenge. There's a lot of small moments in the movie that if you look closely at it, they, they kind of make you... It's, it gives so much more enjoyment to it because there's so many little things. Like when they're going to get the code from Takagi, mm. Carl and the black guy are sitting there and, and handing over dollars or making some sort of bet yeah. about whether he'll shoot him. Yeah. And then when he finally shoots him, the black guy hands over 10 bucks <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like those sort of things just make just giving it that little bit extra. Yeah. And also I do like the fact that it's a small crew of terrorists. They hit the building 
basically in their mind, it is going to be easy. Get get everyone together, no problems. We bring in the police and we negotiate. And suddenly mm-hmm. they realise, oh shit, someone else is here. We're in trouble now. Like when he well, kills, really when he take kills him seriously the until maybe five or six of them have gone down. I think when he chucks the guy out the window, yeah, is when they start going, oh fuck, you know, this guy's dangerous. Yeah. So I like that idea too that the villains are, are also shitting their pants. They're thinking, oh, well, fuck, we've got to deal with this guy. Yeah, well, because he was an unknown quantity the whole way too. They didn't know yeah. what he was at the start. One of my personal favourite bits is, and, and this sort of goes across the movie, the actual punch-ups. No choreography, none of this fucking kick here and duck this. It's yeah. just grabbing people around the neck and banging heads yeah. into walls. Headlocks. And, and yeah, and it's just like... The, There's the, a lot of headlocks. <laughs> when he kills um, Carl's brother... He just jumps on his back, and, yeah. and then they're slamming each other in the walls, really and they lucky. fall down. The... His neck broke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they just fell down some stairs. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of like those little, the fact that it's not that highly choreographed sort of bullshit, because yeah. I think people switch off from that. You know, the other thing I noticed, going, going on the punch-ons, after the first one where they fall down the stairs, he's fucking cactus. He rolls over, and he's there going, oh, <laughs> taking deep breaths. And I actually, I love that, because it's, again, it's not, he's not, a superman. He's he's bugging. And he's also not very smart because he could have just shot that guy in the head. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, oh, I'm just going to elbow you for no Let reason see, and start a punch on. I think that's, again, a little character trait about him. He wasn't just going to shoot the guy in the head because yeah. that's not what he would have – that's not <clears> the sort of person he was. Yeah, he, he was cold-blooded murderer. I'm just going – I'll put him down and we'll, we'll move from there. Obviously, as the movie goes along, he has to start taking them out. Yeah, legitimately the ability to yeah. do it. <laughs> I've already mentioned it a little bit, but like the exposition, how it's very natural. Another another standout for me was when he walks into the he walks into the um, the um, towers. Which might I add? I've been to. I've yeah. been to the tower. No, it's it's a Fox Fox. Yeah, uh, Fox tower, Studios. Yeah, yeah, Studios. Century, yeah, Century City. I think it was Century City. Um, but he walks in and he's got the directory, and he just says McLean. You know, I'm looking for McLean, and then he can't find McLean. Nothing is said. He just goes to G, and you see the screen, and he says Gennaro, and, and then he, he sort of goes, face. Uh, yeah. And that actually says, hey, you're watching an action movie, but you're not fucking completely stupid. Yeah, <laughs> You've yeah. got a little bit of brains in there, and you can sort of start working this shit out yourself. You don't have to get slapped around the head. It's just, it's perfect. That's that's just another example of great writing, getting this out there without sort of stopping the movie to just say, hey, quick, just quickly, um, I'm divorced. Me and yeah, yeah. we're not to get like... Because he just, doesn't actually say it in the in the, the limo, does he? He doesn't say we're divorced. No. He says, he says she came you know, out here for a job. Yeah, and, and there's, you get the sense that there's problems, and then you connect that with the fact that he looks, and it's not it's not his name anymore. Yeah. So you start to get a sense of all that shit without being told about it, and then the next you get is where they talk to each other, and they're talking about where he's going to stay. Yeah, and yeah. she's clearly pretty uncomfortable introducing him and yeah, doing yeah. the kiss on the cheek thing. It's all a little bit yeah. sketchy. And it's yeah. just... It's just it's perfect. It's you, you're watching the movie, and this stuff's all just coming while the while the plots while the plots going. That's also one of my favourite little uh, comedy bits in the in the movie is that that uh, computer directory bit. Yeah. When he walked in, I'm, like, I'm looking for Holly McLean or whatever, and the guy's like, "Oh, you use a computer," and he goes through all the rigmarole trying to search for, her, and then he goes, uh, "You know, uh, 30 floor." And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's wherever it is. There's no one yeah. else in the yeah. building." Yeah. I that's where the party is. 30th floor. <laughs> There's no one just... else here. 30th floor. And he's like, <laughs> "Send the bloke up to the 30th." I could just skip that whole thing. Yeah. There's yeah and it doesn't. No, but see, I guess. What Jared just said before is the reason why that scene kind of exists, or that that little bit exists, mm. is the way they explain that she's Gennaro, not McLean, is done using that screen. Great idea. 
then it doesn't make it kind of makes no sense when he then goes, Oh, everyone's up on the thirtieth. No, it does though, because people at those front desks, the guy's switched off. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he knows he it's Christmas Eve. Doesn't he's he just... say something like oh, if you need to go to the toilet, it'll help you find your zip or something yeah. like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the computers do everything, but But the the getting back to the script and and the way it's written, the dialogue's just incredible it's just incredibly well written. Mm. And it's there's so many great moments. But there's also some of it's piss funny, you yeah. know. Like, uh, yeah, and that's. Yeah, I think he's a cop. <laughs> um, had a, he knows how to spot a photo ID. He yeah, could be a bartender for all we know. Could be a fucking <laughs> bartender. <laughs> or um, your favourite comedy was um, Johnson and Johnson. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. That's a quality that's line. Right. All the way through, the movie never lets. It never sort of falls into this sort of trap of like a lot of action films which will come out of the gate well and for about 40 minutes you're really invested and then Big the movie slips a little and the quality of the writing drops and the action scenes get more and more absurd. Yeah. It's superbly and, paced. And like. you become just, oh, fuck, just get to the end sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. This movie just goes... Like that, upwards. Just, it just, just keeps, constant. yeah. Yep. It just keeps introducing little bits that you know. As I said, it's paced beautifully. You get that stuff about McLean. You get the terrorists. You start to get a bit about them. Then you get. Uh, then they raise the stakes by Rickman killing a bloke. When you think, you know, this bloke's indispensable, and then he just goes, "Oh fuck, bang!" Yeah. Ruins his suit. And it's, <laughs> it's, sort of, <laughs> it's sort of um. It's it just keeps things pushing along, pushing along. Then when you think McLean's got it under control, you know they blow on the roof and the. The FBI is coming in to fuck things up. Like, just the whole way through, the pacing is just excellent. There's always something going on, and it's building. It's building. Yeah. And this, the one thing I think this movie does better than any is the action scenes are two to three minutes maximum. Like they are short bursts of adrenaline, and then. Instantly memorable. The shootout with the glass takes yes. that guy's fucking kneecaps out, oh, puts him down. That's such a good scene. That's a great sequence. The, when when he's under the table and goes, yep. shoots him through, and then yeah, thanks for the thanks advice. For the advice. You know, throws a guy out the window. The final fight between him and Carl, him running up to the roof and then jumping off, which I reckon is probably the greatest action scene ever. Yeah, that that whole bit when he comes up the stairs, yeah, takes out um. The guy who uh, electrocutes Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The token Asian guy. The token Asian guy with the Fu Manchu and the ponytail. Yeah. 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 And the balding, uh, balding on top. Yeah. yeah. When he shoots him to when he jumps off the building and then gets out of the... Um, the hose. Is just brilliant. Editing everything is just so well done because yeah. it picks. And, and it's all sort of building to this suspenseful sort of bit where he leaps off and then it has... An That's the pinnacle of action movies ever. And is I that think that's, that is the greatest scene ever yep. in, an act, in an action film. And I think that's what makes this movie interesting is that those short bursts of adrenaline then come back to the, come back to the plot. Mm. Whereas something like Transformers, 40-minute action scenes yeah. with fucking absolutely oh, no idea what's going, what's going on. on. Yeah. yeah, And then they – because they don't have a plot to come back to. So, so they're going, oh, fuck, we just need to just ram it in your face. Death until by it, a thousand explosions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Noise um, and shit. One of my massive likes is the use of the radio. Even though I know Gibbo brought up some... This uh, is one of my flaws. Some but... logistics about you know, <laughs> the use of radio, two-way radios and things like that. We'll get to that. Um, in, a, in the time before, you know, mobile phones and that sort of stuff, it was just a genius way to keep McLean isolated 
yet continue this character development between him and Al, continue this chess game between him and Hans. Just genius. Yeah. Mm. You, you go back and watch it and you see how much time he spends talking on that thing and what it does for the for keeping the plot moving. Just Yeah, it's really again, well done. That, really well written. They actually really try good. to use it in the sequel as well with less success. Yeah. That See, the same thing, and, and again, we'll get to the sequel in the next episode, but the sequel has a similar tone mm. to the original and tries to work in some of those elements that the original brought and the radios is part of it, but it just... For some reason, it's not as successful. I think it's partially because it's a it's a bigger it's a wider expanse. There's mm. a much bigger area. To yeah, cover. No, it's not all contained. Yeah, yep. yeah, I would agree with that. Though I think that takes a really. If you take the radio out, he's not talking to anyone. He's not interacting with anyone. We don't really get to know him that much because mm. we've lost a uh, 23 minutes in. We've cut yeah. him off, or he would have been you know there would have been a lot more, more interaction with the, yeah. with the terrorists somehow, which I think would have would have messed things up. Yeah. But he does do a lot of talking to himself. He does a lot of commentary. Yeah. Um, going is, back to the, you know, don't run up the stairs or put yeah. the camera down shit. In every single fight scene, he's basically commentating the whole thing. Yeah. But my favorite line out of the whole movie is in one of those when he's fighting Carl. And he's, I think it's when he's bashing his head on the pipes. Yeah. And he's like, you should have heard your brother, brother scream when I broke his fucking neck. Yeah. And he just smashed he just his head. Pay- I think he That's, like, if you're, like, there's no way I'm doing a commentary, like a blow-by-blow <laughs> blow commentary on how I killed a bloke's brother while I'm trying to fight for my life with this giant blonde dude. Like, yeah. It makes Plus, me laugh, but. Hey, uh, Carl would have probably kicked his ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he was already pretty bashed up by that stage. But like, I think that's what, again, and, that's why we like the character of John McClane. Yeah. Because even though he's not. Schwarzenegger or, you know, he's not superhuman. He's still an indomitable He's fucking spirit. tough little bastard <laughs> who was just going to get stuck into it, you yeah. know? For sure. Any more gems? Because I, I yeah. personally think I've covered most of my lives. I've got a couple. I'm throwing Ellis in there because... Ellis. Hans, Bobby, Ellis. Hans, <laughs> what? No. He plays, he plays that swami dickhead <laughs> really well, but not only that, they throw you a bit of a curveball when he doesn't give up Holly. Holly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And whether that's, whether that's his motivation that he still wants to try and get in a pants or whatever, it, it, it's good. You know, but there's a gun pointed at his head. You'd think if he was going to yeah. get her out, he would have. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's just... Her. <laughs> Take it, her. It, it adds a bit of a... You know, even though it's something extremely minor, it's just a bit of a layer. It's He's just, trying to be a hero and he just misjudges the situation. Yeah, He's clearly exactly. a slimy prick, but yep. he did the right thing in the end. And then um, speaking of Holly, she's, she's a massive like for me yeah. as well because... The whole sort of power balance between those two was—you didn't see that in in action movies. Hmm. She was well. He's emasculated. That's yeah, the whole reason she, that they're on the rocks. Yeah, she's flying. She's absolutely flying, and he he can't sort of handle it. Yeah, and that's his story. You know, it's he's he's fucking. I know it's an action movie, but he he gets to this point where he figures out he's the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. you know, he screwed it up, and she's she's. She's what he wants, and she's, you know... Yeah, he was just too proud, basically. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're making more money than me. Yeah. You'll come back because so this won't work. So instead of this, you know, just this um, trophy wife sort of bimbo, one-dimensional character, she's a strong female character in the position of power in the relationship with those two. Like, it's 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 good. It's and really good to see. she's prepared to front Gruber. Yeah. Yeah. And just exactly. sort of tell him how it is, what yeah. they need. She's not a damsel not, in distress. Not like Ellis who sort of comes in, sleezing it <laughs> up, going, oh, I can help you. I can give him to you, mate. Give me a Coke <laughs> so he can shoot me in the face. Yeah. And what does he say to Carl? 
You go upstairs, just fucking things up. Yeah. <laughs> Carl's just there going, oh, I love when he's, he's talking to McLean and he's doing this sort of the acting job saying, hey, buddy, how can you do that to me? <laughs> After all, all these years. years. Then he he's given, <laughs> yeah, he's given Hans, you know, the, the, the <laughs> wink and the smile and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's, he's really good. Yeah. Even though he's only a small part of it and it just builds up to this, the whole movie being And I, it's probably a little, a little bit like the that. same with Al Powell. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I do, I actually do like, it's, it. Since Die Hard, it's it's cliche that he shot a kid and mm. you know he misjudges. But the way that scene plays out, because he says, you know, because well, you know McLean sort of makes a joke about him. Oh, yeah, I fucked yeah. up or something. He's like, oh, the way you drive, I'm yeah, not see why. And then he, he he just suddenly go blurts out, you know, I shot a kid. Yeah. And he says, what does he say? Well, that's in, their in, bonding moment. Yeah. Really. It, when you're a recruit, they can teach you everything you need to know except how to live with a mistake. Yeah. And and I think that scene. Gives our pal that little bit of character humanity. and you get some yeah. yeah, you get humanity from him. One of my dislikes is is his redemption. Yeah. That was a big I, dislike. It's very I contrived. It's contrived. I don't hate it because I think it's like you've got to the end of an incredible movie, I'll swallow that. Yeah, I'll cop it because I can. I can let yeah. that go. It was. A, it was a little bit, but I, I must say, because fuck, he would have been blown up. I was, I was, <laughs> he was I said, on the I myself, Hang on a minute, he's not fucking Jason Voorhees. Yeah. He was deader than dead. You know, yeah. he's hanging on someone ate his heart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he regenerated, Jared. Well, maybe got struck by lightning. He came back to life. I don't know. Yeah, it's nonsense. Um, but yeah, it just as you said, it was contrived. I almost would have preferred it if they just just left it. Yeah. yeah. It's Plus, it's it the exact same scene from the end of Lethal Weapon, which I think I touched on in the Lethal Weapon podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That exact same where thing. They, where he, he, those two shoot. Um, yeah, there's the two of them in that one, but it's it's the exact same scene. The music, the slow motion, yeah. it's just the same scene. On the like side, though, just just quickly, other than the uh, other than the Al Powell portion of it, I like that every single person in there has something to do at the end. Yeah, like uh, Argyle punches the computer geek in the in the yeah, ambulance, right. shakes his hand, like, and uh, Bonnie punches the uh, the the, the newsy, newsy yeah, guy news guy for exposing the kids. Like everyone has their own little bit to do. It's just Al's is a bit shit, mm. but yeah, you take it. Yeah. All right, well, look, we've now started talking about what we don't like, so let's get into the dislikes here. It's not much. My, minor, minor, minor. Yeah. First one is the um, SWAT team guy getting caught on the fucking... Nah, nah, that's hilarious. It's funny, but it's so stupid. Like, he goes, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> he gets caught on a thought, thought or something. He's like, ooh! <laughs> Shit, like, like he's been fucking killed or nah, something. See, I love that part of it. I understand why it's in there. It's kind of to show that they're a little they're bit... They're inept. Yeah, they're inept. But it's so dopey. They could have done something else. Yeah, but they basically have to show... Because it showed that they were inept enough when they couldn't cut through the door. Or when they get the fucking... The, the guy with the, the fucking... armoured car bogged on the stairs. Yeah. And like, <laughs> what are you going to fucking shit out of? Oh, not a steel ramp. We're just stuck here. But you know what I mean? Like, I just found that so comical because... Uh, you know, the, the music's swelling and it's going, right, they're going in. Next thing you know, ah, some guy's getting caught on some fucking thorns. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but if, if they weren't useless, if they weren't, like, the guy can't pick the lock yeah, and then yeah. they, they're all there with a the blowtorch and then they get shot and they're all running away and if they were actually able to do their jobs, then he wouldn't be the lone hero. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? that's like, right. They kind of needed them to be spastics and even the FBI guys, when they come in, you know, like, oh, give them hell, and they're just, you know, being macho and whatever in their yeah. gunships, and then they just get I bet you they're kissing their pants in there and inside yeah. the fucking you turn the lights off. up and there's all this cash and yeah. bonds and shit. Like, who's scared of the dark? Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll let them, we'll let them, like, just 
stew for a while in the dark and then we'll come in with helicopter gunships. Just right do up it. the ass, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't make right any up sense. the ass. <clears throat> Thornburg, Richard Thornburg, the the um News guy. Journo, yep. and Dwayne T. Robinson. Yeah. They're just a little bit too dastardly. Yeah. Like they just they're both kind of like just pure pricks. Even yeah. though Robinson has some piss funny lines like uh, well, we better get another SWAT team up. Yeah. They've all been shot. No, we need some F- new FBI yeah. guys. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's right, when the helicopter yeah. runs up, then when hands falls out the window, his comment is, Christ, I hope that's that not a hostage. Thornburg, <laughs> <laughs> I can cop a little bit because that's kind of what I guess what he was supposed to be, now. yeah, he was supposed like, to be really pushy and... It's a, it's a little bit one-dimensional, but... You kind of associate with that with a newsman, and again, it's a pretty good way to get that happening. Yeah, um, out of the ways they could have done. Uh, Wasn't he one of the? He was one of the first like like paparazzi bad guys in a movie too, from yeah, my memory. Yeah, like yeah. one of the ones that was done properly. Like, and it was like maybe four or five years before that was really a big thing. Yeah, yeah and it, it's, uh, it, look, it does work. It mm. doesn't. I don't dislike it. He's just there's no redeeming qualities to him. He's a little bit too smart. Yeah, um, but Robinson, he's probably pushing a little bit. He's just an out and out. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he no, but he's kind of like, an amusing prick. I think he's supposed to be inept, like those yeah, other yeah. But then, you know, be. he comes in fire and brimstone, and, yeah, fuck this, and all that sort of stuff. And but then when he when he's uh, when Powell's proven that hey, we might be onto something here. He might be a cop. He might actually be helping out. He's such a stubborn prick. Yeah. Just, you can't <laughs> got shot up and a body landed on it. <laughs> no, not good enough. Yeah, that's my that's one of my favourite bits too. Is what about the body that fell out the window? Yeah, just oh, a stockbroker. Stock <laughs> <laughs> he got what about fucking... the machine gun fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hang on, you know, yes, you're a fire and brimstone, you're a bit of a dickhead, you don't understand the situation, but a fucking corpse fell out the window <laughs> and his car got turned into shit. Swiss cheese, as they yeah. say, yeah. There's something going on up there. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of found that a little <clears throat> bit, uh, just a little bit too much. Yeah. That's the only negative other than Carl coming back. I've got another one. But I'll accept just a, just a brief one. You yeah. go next. There's a little bit of Stormtrooper aim from the bad guys. Oh. He just cannot hit a fucking thing. And yeah. look, He does as, get shot, though. Yeah, he does get shot. But as Gibbo said, you've got the one with Carl in the... Um, in the oh, um, when he's in the... Um, in the vent. Yeah, vent. But Carl's shooting the vent and then starts, like, you know, pushing it. And so you can buy him, you know, thinking, I'll leave you for later. But the one that I couldn't buy was when the bloke's on top of the table. Yeah. The yeah. bloke jumps on top of the table... How are you missing him? Yeah. Wasn't it yeah. like a zigzag table where yeah. McLean's kind of poking out the sides? Yeah. <laughs> I think if you look closely at that scene, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work. No. But because they cut again. away from it on the ground, because when yeah. you first see him crawling, you can tell, fuck, they should have just gone and just shot yeah. the guy. Is it just me? Though? It was that, that bad guy standing on top of the table. Does he remind you of the bad guy out of Roadhouse? Uh, <laughs> Dead yes, set. yes, the, uh, yeah, doppelganger. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Greasy um, bastard. He probably yeah, is. So that was a very, that was a very minor. Late eighties, early nineties, mate. They were all fucking. It was a sausage factory. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, McTiernan and and um, Jander Bont did such a good job that that's one of the things like about what I believe about the you know the suspension of disbelief when you're watching movies. If the director's done a good job, sometimes you don't notice it. Yeah. And you don't notice it you until give viewing him after viewing. And if they've done that, well, fuck, the director's done, done a good job because yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, so yeah, very minor. Um, just probably that one time that I thought, oh, hang on. You know, you, you should have gunned him down, but didn't. Mm. Right. So, give a, <coughs> radios. The, the radios. The, anyone that's ever used a two-way radio or a CB or whatever you are, and then you watch this movie. I don't drive trucks, so no, <laughs> I know nothing of it. You're not rusty, mate. I'm not the convoy. <laughs> uh, the use of them, in the, like, 
try interrupting someone. If someone's talking to you on a CB, you can't just cut them off and yeah. and the whole way through, no one releases the button. Someone's just speaking, they just hold the thing the whole time. You can't just have a, a three-way conversation while everyone's holding the button yeah, on, on yeah, a CB yeah. on the Let same channel. So I can hear you there, chat. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And and the other thing is the whole Plus way Plus, you've got to say, come back. Huh? you got to yeah. say, come back. Well, Roger, Roger like, break it, break it. <laughs> <laughs> you on channel. You on channel, John. Uh, and then, but then the other thing is, in bits and pieces of the movie, everyone can hear everyone else. Like the cops can yeah, hear yeah. John McClane talking to uh, Hans and stuff like that. And then Hans is just like, "Hey, uh, hey, computer tech guy, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. What was his name? The black oh, I've guy. forgotten his name too. Theo. 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 It was memorable. Yeah. But yeah, hey, Theo. He just switches to a different channel, and all of a sudden, it's fucking closed circuit. They don't know that they're trying to break into the safe. Mm, yeah. If yeah. they knew they were trying to steal money, they realize, oh, it's not just a hostage thing. They're trying to take six hundred forty million bucks. Yeah. It makes a bit more sense. Yeah, it's a bit convenient. Let's be honest, though. Who wouldn't know that there was $640 million in that fucking vault? Definitely the FBI. The FBI, surely. They would have no idea because they were clearly fucking... Seriously, though, the FBI just turn up and they'd think, cut them out. Let's blow him up. No, but but, but the thing is, I guess... 25%. We're in charge here. Get the helicopters and the guns. Once again, the movie is trying to say these guys don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, they turn up and they don't know anything. So they have no fucking idea that there's 640 mil, plus they don't actually know what they're doing to get them out of there. Yeah. In fact, they, they don't realise they cut the power, they open the safe. Yeah. That's a little so bit which is a kind of a stupid idea as well. It's a little bit of a problem that the FBI is so inept. Yeah, I know. But Robinson, you could maybe cop it, but the FBI come in and just fucking start lighting. But I guess as... as and doing a big, deep <laughs> lunge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Both of them do that big lunge up the hill. Um, but, again, <laughs> you are prepared to cop that as a viewer because we are supposed to be on John McClane's side. Yeah. And if you... Put very credible FBI agents involved. McLean no longer becomes a hero yeah, he because they say, "Listen here, take a, a fucking seat, yeah. seat, and we will take care of it." That said, they do tell him to do that, and he just ignores them pretty much flat out the but whole. That's because they they blow up that fucking. I'm going to throw some C4 down yeah, yeah. a fucking elevator shaft. <laughs> yeah. uh, but any other negatives? Any I other? think um, Yibo had one. You have to remind me any other Twinkies. What about the Twinkies? Twinkies are fucked, I believe. Oh, <laughs> Twinkies! No, Twinkies are yeah, fucked. The choice of the choice of uh, but actually, choice of snack. John McClane that. in that no, because I don't know what he does. He eats one. No one's buying. Yeah, yeah, he spits yeah, it out. He says he's buying, shit, but, but no, he calls it Alf a thousand Alf. year old one. Nobody's buying that many Twinkies, Al. Was he buying Twinkies though? Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, sure. I think he was buying Twinkies. Yeah, he's buying. Yeah, because you remember how he explains to when oh, what all the ingredients are. What's in this? And Powell just just chemicals. Everything a growing boy needs. But yeah, John McClane does actually spit. That out at the same time he's trying to eat a thousand year old Twinkie and he yeah. just spits it into the bin. I remember so. we had a discussion about Twinkies and your um, distaste for them. Oh, I was excited when I got to the station. <laughs> oh, Twinkies, got to try these. Everyone loves these. Yeah. And he's one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> but uh, I think that's probably that's yeah, it. Probably it's yeah, a dislike that's it on the for movie. Everyone. Bottom line is this is a phenomenal film. Must watch. And it is. If you haven't seen this, and you're not really a fan of action films. Punch yourself this in the is face. The well, best action, action films. You're not a fan of films. Yeah, <laughs> filmmaking in general. Yeah. This Just is how to make a movie across the board. Um, and I would agree with Jared. It's in that golden age: Predator, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. It's this incredible period of action films where they had all of it right. Mm. The '90s hit, and you had to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what ends up happening with these movies. You can't these action films. You just can't. The more you start to ramp it up, the more you lose your your audience to and your connection to the characters. Yeah, you end up with Jupiter ascending. 
Maybe all the um, fuck. Maybe all the the directors and writers need to start snorting coke again. Yeah, back yeah, on the coke. Get, oh, get on the Ellis train. Yeah. Um, the, only, the, the only one of the, of the diehard wannabes that I think is really pretty good is actually Speed. Yeah, the first one. Speed is is really Clearly good. Clearly not the second. Speed two. <laughs> speed two not so good. But uh, that speed. will be on here. It's under siege. Under siege right. wasn't bad. Um, but yeah. A lot of the Under Siege so is good. okay if you you've got your bats. tongue firmly in your chair. <laughs> Under Siege is all right. I'm sticking with it. Yeah. But Speed was Yonder Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and he it's really it. good. It's, it's actually really good. So he good. took a lot of the – well, that was, that was Die Hard on a Bus. So that's yeah. a perfect example of what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we, we won't need to break because we know what's coming up next episode. Mm. Die Hard 2. Die Hard in an airport. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Until then – Keep listening and we will catch you when we release our next episode. Cheers. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.